0: Thank you for returning with us once again for our monthly installation where we talk stickers, marketing, and all sorts of fun technology. Today, we have two very special guests. We're going to talk about great beers, great balls, breaking world records, and marketing with stickers. We have a special guest. We have Ted Risk from Wibby Brewing here to talk about how they got started as a business and how they promote their brewery. But let's kick it off right now. Top of mind. Hamish, take it away. For me this week, it's a big one. We're talking
1: uh, Guinness World Records. We have the latest book here came out this week, and this one's extra special for us because Saul, the giant sticker ball right here behind Andrew, is in the Guinness World Records as the world's largest sticker ball at 237 pounds. It's pretty awesome. Saul Saul was the brainchild of Jesse, our marketing director, who wanted to do something to celebrate National Sticker Day. So he thought, you know what, let's set a world record. Uh, and Saul was built in three months. So that was a huge team effort from everybody at Sticker Giant. Uh, it's also really cool to have him here because the official weigh-in for Saul was done at Wibby Brewing. Um, so it's pretty fitting that we've got Ted here from Wibby as well. And uh, yeah, we're gonna be talking more about that later. Saul's gonna be making a, a special appearance at Wibtoberfest happening this
0: weekend. That's right, and that is a special signed copy by Saul himself. If you go out and you buy your Guinness Book of World Records and you want it signed, send it our way. We'll have Saul sign it, throw in some stickers, and we'll send it back to you. So without further ado, we also want to talk a little bit about stickers, top of mind. Um, I've got a couple that I wanted to shout out that we talked a little bit about on the blog from last week. This is this cool Cartman fish donut dress sticker to celebrate the fish shows here in Colorado. That was from one of our customers, Funk Your Face. There's some other stickers on the front of my laptop that, they, um, that that group printed up as well. We're super psyched about that. Speaking of world records, we have an awesome set of customers, the STL Sticker Swap, where they're trying to set a world record for amount of stickers put on a city bus. We'll have that blog post up this weekend. And they're out there in the STL right now in St. Louis trying to do that. So shout out to those folks. Good luck with your campaign. We love the world records. This is a roadside attraction, he's on roadsideattraction.com, Saul is, and you can come in and visit him whenever you want if you're out there in podcast land, of course. Yeah, definitely come in,
1: and uh, he's covered in everybody's name. We have these sweet name tags, so for anybody that comes to visit, you know, write your name on one of these, add to Saul, and, you know, we're going to keep growing him, uh, and yeah, who knows how big he might be in, like, 10 years' time.
0: He, they get, you know, they just grow up so fast, right? So, <laughs> um, anyway, um, Without further ado, we do want to bring on our special guest to get dive right into talking about marketing and stickers, Ted Risk from Wibby Brewing um, is going to come around here and have a seat with us and we're going to chat a little bit with Ted about uh, starting a brewery. Oh, there it Please. is. Look at this. Thank Look you, at sir. this. Wouldn't, oh. be, uh,
2: wouldn't be a Friday morning with the gentleman from a brewery without a nice stein. There you go. Cheers. Salute. Salute. You Salute. You, Cheers. Cheers. All that thank stuff. Thank you
0: for having me. All of the various um, salutations. So, Ted, it is super exciting that you are here, not just because podcasts are fun, but because you were where we, Wade, saw, and you were super psyched about that. That was um, now January of 2016. You are coming up on the two-year anniversary. How about it? Of your brewery. Yeah. And um, Hamish, why don't you ask, I'll let you take the first question. I mean, so for people who aren't
1: familiar with the Longmont Brewing scene, talk to us about Wibby, like how you got started, you know, why you
2: decided to do it. Sure, sure. Uh, I want to backtrack to what you just started to talk about. It was almost serendipitous. It was really cool. I saw a tweet from Sticker Giant about an attempt, a would-be attempt at breaking the world record for the largest sticker ball. And I just tweeted back saying, this sounds fun and different and awesome. How can Wibby Brewing be involved? And next thing you know, we're hosting a... A mixer to have people come throw stickers on it, and then we eventually had the the way in there as well. So um, that was actually kind of the start of our relationship with you guys and and sticker giant as a whole. So that was a pretty cool, fun foundation uh, for us. Um, and I think that uh, it, what you guys do is just so fun in nature. and right. you guys have a fun time doing it. Uh, and I'm not saying that because you let me hand you a beer. Start the podcast. <laughs> I mean, you guys, this, this hey, Rob, office has, this has, no, has some vibe. vibrancy to it that is really,
0: really cool. So I applaud you guys. Oh, well, we appreciate that. And obviously we've had our founder, John Fisher on here and talked a lot about culture and, and we'll talk more about culture down the road when we talk more about businesses. But um, speaking of businesses though, um, for you all, you know, you've got a cool little location sort of in the South end of Old Town here in Longmont, um, but craft beer is a phenomenon right now in America that we print so many brewery stickers, right? No offense, right? Um, we do a lot, right? And we do it of some of your competitors here locally and nationally. And it's a very, it's a burgeoning scene. But what, what made you say, I want to go into craft beer? Why Longmont? And, and tell us a little bit about how that started. And maybe start with how you met Ryan, because he, Ryan Wibby is the brewer. Sure. Right?
2: Uh, yeah, and there's that, the answer to those questions could be a 45-minute ongoing thing. So interject as you see Sure. <laughs> yes. Uh, That's like three questions. Ryan, Ryan Whibby and I went to college together, upstate uh-huh. New York, Ithaca College. Nice. Um, he studied chemistry. I studied sport management. Um, and one day, his professor walked in and said, I'm going to teach you guys the chemistry of brewing. And the light bulb went off in his head, and he said, I'm going to do this instead of working in a proficiency testing lab like he had intended on. Um, so Whibby Brewing... In concept and theory, has been in planning for, you know, well over fifteen years. Nice. Um, Ryan first started working at the Ithaca Beer Company. Yep. Um, which is a local favorite in upstate yep. New York. I went to Syracuse University, so I drank Ithaca beer, and I almost
0: went to, to Ithaca myself. <laughs> sure. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. Uh, gorgeous. Yeah, it's good. The lakes. Yeah. The Finger Lakes. Really yep. Cool. Um, but the the story for Whibby really does start, and pretty much end with with Ryan Whibby. Uh, He was a friend in college, and uh, after college, when I was living in Chicago with Martha, um, he was working for Deschutes out of Bend, Oregon, which at the time was the fifth largest craft brewery uh, in the country, and they were launching the market of Chicago. So he reached out and said, you know, I'm going to be in town, want to hang out, going to stay with you guys. And we said, of course. And that was actually when we first really became friends. you know, we had friends that were mutual friends through right. college, uh, but we never really kind of like connected as, as true bros. right. Um, until that visit to Chicago. Huh. Uh, and then a uh, year or so later, we found ourselves at High Sierra Music Festival. That's a great festival. Quincy, California. <laughs> I love that place. It's magical. They've got a, got a great what family. What was focus. that? What year was that? That was 2013. Nice. Nice.
0: Um, Definitely. Yeah, I, it, was, it, it was fantastic. There's such a good vibe there in Quincy. It's in the Plumas County National, for- or National Forest or whatever. Plumas County. Is that right? Yeah, and that's just one of the best music festivals I've ever been to. For, yeah.
2: yeah, definitely uh, a different vibe. Um, they make a strong effort to promote a family-engaging atmosphere, and they got a lot of activities for the kids. And You don't see that at music festivals when you have all the beer drinking and shenanigans going on that you do at beer festivals. Totally. Uh, or music festivals. But we were sitting there late night, one night, after having had – the beer fun that you do throughout the day. And I just looked across from him and I thought to myself, this this guy's going to open his own brewery and it's going to be successful. Right. Um, So when he got up to go to bed in his uh, Volkswagen van, uh, I followed him over there and quite literally caught him with his pants down. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, when are you going to start your own brewery? True stories here. And he looked up and he like half laughed and said, should I my pants back on
0: <laughs> this um, is not a decision to be made while wearing pants <laughs> so
2: we, we uh we started talking and it was you know two or three in the morning and uh, next thing we know before we even blink, the sun's coming up and we were excited and we realized uh with his beer expertise and my experience in small business and sales and marketing we we might really have a combination that could be uh something to build on so that's
0: 13, you guys don't open up until, well, we're at two years, so 2015. So there's a two-year period, you're in Chicago, you're making beers. Did you settle on like a, a, a model or a specific style or what was sort of right. like the growth? Because we'll talk about your specific beers, well, a specific beer and then those varietals that you do.
2: Sure. So uh, before Ryan was at shoots, he was over at the VLB Institute in Berlin, Germany, um, which is okay. a world-renowned institute. He did a six month certified brewmaster course. Okay. And then he enjoyed it so much that he had asked the professors if they could create an internship for him to stay on and continue learning from them. Wow. Um, so he stayed for another four months and he really developed a, a true talent for brewing lagers and he brewed lagers with some of the best lager brewers in the world for almost a year. Wow. While he was over there, a gentleman named Matt Brennelson, who's the uh, brewmaster at Firestone Walker okay. uh, over in California, yeah. he visited and presented the class with a challenge to brew a lager with all American hops. Uh, And that was the true, I said light bulb went off in his head when I talked about his chemistry professor uh, teaching him how to brew. Um, That was the true light bulb moment for Ryan because he realized nobody's doing this in America. You've got a craft beer scene that's thriving, that's growing at double digit growth um, every year, year after year, it's since slowed um, on, the on, the the <laughs> on the back of the IPA, on the back of the IPA, like primarily, like what as one style, the IPA
0: is what like craft beer is. So much right. like, ex- like you're from Chicago Goose Island, right? It's like that was it, right, for a long time or something. Yeah,
2: I'd point to a couple of other course, but I'm just saying like, before, early in the '90s before so
0: you, Goose, you know what I'm saying? In the '90s, when IPAs like, oh, IPAs are these really rare beers because everyone's drinking light beers.
2: Sure, right? Yep, um, that's the truth. Uh, but nobody was focusing on craft lagers, right? Um, so, Ryan saw that as an opportunity, right. and uh, he has the talent to brew lagers, which takes longer. Uh, in, the, in the world of beer, you have two families, ales and lagers, okay. uh, and the primary difference is the yeast that's used, so lager yeast responds to colder temperatures, so it takes longer for the interaction of the fermentation to happen, for the sugars to get turned into alcohol, uh, and that's why you don't see a lot of craft breweries devoting their time and tank space and resources into making loggers. Because of the length of time. Yep. And how much longer is that? It's about twice as long. Um, but it could be a whole lot longer. I mean, left-hand loggers, there, Oktoberfest for, I want to say, upwards of four months. Oh, wow. Um, but they have a huge party. <laughs> it's a huge thing. For where you can, uh, you can turn an ale in 10 to 14 days. Oh, wow. So all of our beers are, are 28 days at a minimum. Interesting. Um, so that's why you decide on loggers because of its history
0: there. So how many loggers right now are on the line at, at, the, at the brewery? Uh,
2: today, 9. Nice. Yeah, we, we usually have between 8 and 10. Uh, but tomorrow, with the party that we'll talk about in a little bit, uh, we are tapping a new beer every hour on the hour. So we'll actually have 15 beers on tap at the brewery for the first time ever. That's, a, that's a big
0: rack. I saw a picture there the other day. Like, the first tap line was like, what, six taps or four taps? It was yeah. small,
2: and now it's, you know.
0: Yeah. However oh, many, you just said 15 or whatever. Yeah, about
2: a month into opening, we realized it wasn't very efficient to stand behind each other waiting to pour a beer. So we had to expand that tap wall very quickly. So you decide on a style. How do you decide on
0: Longmont, Colorado?
2: Uh, it's a good story. So Ryan's from Boulder. Okay. Um, he always wanted to open a brewery near home. And when we looked at different markets as we were developing on our business plan, we looked at other markets outside of the state, but it was more than likely going to be in Colorado and more than likely going to be in Boulder. Right. Um, and then things started to add up in terms of it making sense to do it in Boulder, you know, Colorado being the, the mecca of craft beer, in a lot of people's opinion, and us doing something that's completely differentiated and only making lagers, right. uh, we thought that that was a perfect way to enter a, what some people call a saturated market, but we call a really exciting market. Totally. Um so we were looking at Boulder, and we were looking at real estate, and um, the gentleman that we were working with, Tanner Mason, he he said, you know, you really got to look at Longmont. Right. We said, okay, and, you know, Ryan grew up in Boulder, and yeah. um, Longmont has always kind of been like the younger sister to yeah. to, to Boulder. Absolutely. Um, which is how I first learned of Longmont. It's just kind of the afterthought to yeah. Boulder. Yeah. And it's I'm, not so that way I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. I can tell you that
0: right now, it's not that way anymore. It's, it's absolutely I, incredible.
2: To... This this is a city that is approaching hundred thousand people, and it feels like a town of five thousand. Totally. Like a, it it took less than six months for Martha and I to feel like this is home. And
0: Martha's your wife. And the quick segue to that, she also is doing a lot of the design work and branding. Yep. And she's in the you know the brew pub every day, uh, the brew uh, brewer every day. Um, so you decide on Longmont. You decide on the property.
2: Well, so. Sorry to cut you off.
0: That's okay. No, because I want to keep the the
2: thread we, going. We did. Uh, we did decide we needed to look at Longmont. Right. And then Ryan visited. Martha were, and I were still out in Chicago, and Ryan had moved back to Boulder to start looking for spaces. Um, and he visited Longmont and he found our now now place of business and he fell in love. With it. he called me one day and he's like, "You got to get on a plane, get out here." And I was like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, I found our place. We've we've got our spot. Right. I was like, what? So we're in Boulder, is it? He's like, no, no, no. It's Longmont. Right. I was like, what are you talking about? Right. He's <laughs> like, so God, you your mind was in one spot. Yeah, yeah. And he just started talking about the overhead doors and how we can convert those and have this wide open space and the twenty foot ceilings and easy access for distribution and. Um, he was excited in yeah, a way that I hadn't be, heard in like, a long time. That
0: location, you know, I've only lived in Longmont now for since 2003, basically. But that would, like, across the street was the big Butterball Turkey plant. Yep. And, like, there was, like, ancillary buildings. And there's this cool, like, shed. And, like, it, right by the police stations and right downtown. So there's, like, kind of, like, a lot of things going on. They've since raised the factory. Like, that. if they ever put an apartment there, that's going to be amazing for you guys. Right. So
2: <laughs> when, and when and if that happens. All of that was... Yeah. Information that we didn't have yet, right? right? So okay. we were just excited about the building, right? And so I got on a plane, came out, uh, we saw the site, uh, riding for the second time, obviously, and it you was. Guess you're getting all thinking it, about it, that. It, I mean, <laughs> I nice to think about because it is
0: <laughs> the origin
2: story. Yeah. Two years feels like twenty years sometimes, and you know, this was three years ago now, but it's cool that tomorrow's the anniversary party. Uh, but so we did the visit, and then we met with two people: uh, David Starnes from the City of Longmont. Okay and Kimberly McKee, the executive director of the Downtown Development Authority. Sure. And we left the space before meeting those two for lunch over at the Cheese Importers feeling great about the space. Right. And then we met those two and learned about the redevelopment efforts that we're in planning for the area that we're looking at. Yeah. And learned more about everything that was already happening in the downtown area from Kimberly, and it was, like, this cemented. Is a, yeah, this is we're, it. We're here. <laughs> yeah. Which almost was a curse because we fell in love and... uh you know, the classic tale of don't fall in love with the property because um, sometimes you handcuff yourself. But we were eventually ma- able to make it work uh, to get that that place. And so did you, ex- how did that work like
0: with then you were talking about business plan and the Sticker Stories podcast is all about sort of the, the, the business side of any business. How did you go about developing that business plan and, and figuring out financing and funding and all that?
2: Uh, it was a process. Um, we spent about a year putting together our business plan. Um, I had learned some things in school because uh, the sport management degree was a pretty strong business oriented uh, degree. Um, but Ryan really, he just read a lot of books and was self-taught and, and he wrote the uh, the majority of our business plan nice. based off things that he learned while reading those books. Um, yeah, he's brilliant. I mean, I don't know if I would say it to him if he was here, but <laughs> he, he's a genius. He anything Hopefully that he, he needs was, to learn, he'll just yeah. teach himself. Hey Ryan, we can we can <laughs> cut this off. And is He'll today. just do it. Um, he's probably doing it right now yeah, for something got, that's in need at the brewery. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but so that we it took about a year to put that together in the way that we thought would be marketable to try and raise the money because we had zero dollars. <laughs> so so P L was it, out of it it, it, was, it. it was great. Uh, he's a beer expert. I can sell on the market. Right. Uh, oh, yeah, we need money. Right. We need capital. So we set out um, with the help of a financial advisor who is a partner and uh, someone we work with extensively on the regular now. Um, and he took us through all sorts of exercises, like throwing every projected cost you could ever think of at a whiteboard for two hours straight. Take a half hour off, do it again. Yeah. Take a half hour off, do so it, it again. Boot camp. Yeah. Is- um, and it was uh, taxing, but it was great. Uh, we thought we could open this... Brewery with four hundred thousand dollars and about three thousand square feet we ended up raising 1.58 million and our space is 8300 square feet there
0: you
2: go so without the road of all of those exercises we never would have gotten to the point where we realized okay if we are going to do this in our first year that's what it looks like for what second year would look like after that and then year five after that and year seven and without having gone through all those thoughts um You know, if we had taken a space that was 3,000 square feet and had the success that we were striving for, we would have been looking for a new place two years. We'd be looking for a new place right now, today. Right. Um, So that was uh, an experience, for sure. And then we had to go find some people that saw our offering uh, as a worthy investment. Right. um, Which was a challenge in itself. So about $600,000 was raised through our network of friends and family. Wow. Wow. Uh, And then we raised just under a million dollars from people we'd never met before. Right on. Uh, But it did take a few reformulating of our offering, um, you know, re-strategizing what that looks like. So you were just shopping around your book, basically. Like, here's our book of our business and and who's who's in. Yeah. And that process took a year. And we actually weren't fully capitalized when we opened. Uh, It was a couple weeks after that we took in our last check and closed the run. Interesting. Um, Just to get to that point of comfortability where you need to be to, to be able to operate how you intend to.
0: So then you got to get into the marketing and branding. I did hold up the sticker. They've got this die cut here uh, with their logo. So obviously there's a big W on there for Wibby, but talk a little bit about how the ideation and design. We're all about like how businesses design their stickers when we write up on the blog. So how did this, like the classic Wibby sticker come to be? Sure. Uh,
2: this is the logo. Um, so in some respects, uh, this is fully encapsulating oh, of what thing. we try and do gotcha. uh, at Wavy Brewing. We wanted to say Colorado without doing the, let's throw the Colorado flag on it and do what everybody else does. Everybody does that, right? Um, we
0: see a lot of those stickers. We love them. But you know you also have to set yourself apart with colors and, and
2: shape, too. Those are big parts of what a yep. design takes. Um, so you mentioned Martha's our brand manager and our graphic designer. Um, she, in working with, uh, actually, our brother-in-law, um, who nice. is a designer as well, uh, came up with the logo concept um, and we just developed on it. you know this is probably the twenty seventh iteration of this logo. nice. Um, but we eventually got to a place we want it to be simple uh, and terse there you go and just yeah. to to be recognizable so totally yeah, my I mean my kids will be like, oh there's the wibbies <laughs> when we go to other restaurants
0: which is which brings me to my next question or you know maybe for you Hamish um, about. Why brewers? Why are pot stickers? Yeah,
1: I mean we. I think we did the numbers the other day, and we've done like nine hundred brewery jobs. Oh, was That was a, probably a low estimate for twenty seventeen. Um, there's probably already, some, right? yeah, yeah, already there's probably some unknown that we're still going to kind of fish out of the database. But you know, like why why stickers and breweries? Because we just see thousands of them.
2: Yeah, well, we talked about it uh, when you and Chase were out last year a little bit doing that first little little feature. Yeah. Um. But inevitably, when people come to a brewery, there's there's a lot of uh, tourism associated with brewery business. Especially uh, people seeking Colorado, out, yeah. yeah, people seeking out uh, the places that they've read about or heard about or just go into a town and Google search Longmont Breweries. Right. Uh, and regardless of what their experience is, when they're at said brewery, it's almost inevitable that at the end of this, the day, they're going to say, where are your stickers? Uh, right. It's yeah, just yeah, a way to take, to something, take, with take something with them. Yeah. And uh, have a memory of the, the 48 minutes that they spent you know, under your roof. Um, so stickers aren't, aren't ever going to be something that won't be a, a central part of the marketing that any Colorado breweries do. It's, it's, a, it's a must. Totally. Um, that's why we have fun working with you guys and, and getting as many different stickers as we do. I mean, yeah, look we ahead. had stickers made for our uh, anniversary party tomorrow. We'll get to that in a second. We had stickers made for our uh, seasonal when we released it a couple months ago, this our Lightshine a, del- a, a delicious yeah. beer. <laughs> we love
0: the Rattler. It's, it's their Lightshine Hellas with, um, what's the combination? Raspberry lemonade that we sourced from Longmont Dairy. So that's like a collaboration, which is really cool if you're in the area and you want to try something different. That's a cool one. Um, so how, you know, you're talking about promoting the business, you got the tourism, you have a big party coming up, but in general, how do you try to grow your network And as the marketing and sales director? What are you trying to do? that's different, and again, it's a competitive space like you acknowledge, right, and and the craft industry is going through some interesting labeling and packaging and association type things right now. From what I follow in the industry, we follow the beer industry pretty close as much as we can because it's a core sort of customer base. How do you bring in people in the door and and then convert them to sort of loyal Websters, right?
2: Sure, Uh, so at the core of our business plan that we talked about briefly um, is the beer. (laughs) we got to get the beer in people's hands. So we're in a unique industry in that um, there is still a really strong opportunity to market through grassroots. Uh, So if you have a quality product and you find a way to put that in people's hands in a different way than everybody else doing it the same way that they do, that's a great platform. Uh, So, for example, uh, the band Fish was at uh, Dick's Sporting Goods Park last weekend. Uh, Pink Talking Fish, which we'll talk about in a bit. Is playing uh, at our Telling anniversary that both party. that's you know, it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's an yeah. okay
0: thing. It's, <laughs> that's great.
2: That's great. Uh, so we were trying to. Pink Talking Fish is a Pink Floyd Talking Heads Fish fusion cover band. So we were trying to think of a creative way to reach the Fish fans at the Fish shows, uh, and tell them that there's a free show at our brewery, 30 minutes away, uh, the following week. So we went and we uh, finagled our way into the VIP lot and we set up a tent right in front of Gate E. Which is right where everybody goes yeah, into the, the show. It's the main
0: entrance, like right there.
2: <laughs> and uh, basically, we gave a beer to anyone who was 21 years old. We didn't sell any. No, you can't do that. Right. You can't do that. <laughs> lots of people do sell beers on those lots. You're but we are not doing that. We have a, a, a liquor license <laughs> yeah. to uh, take care of. So we yeah. weren't selling anything. But we were giving a beer to anybody who shared our Facebook event. Uh, we had 26 shares going into the show on Friday night. We had 178 shares at the end of the show on Sunday night, so that's a 152 people that shared our event, um, likely like-minded who right. like fish, who have a tendency to consider going to a pink talking fish show. And then you made up this custom sticker, which is hilarious. Yeah, so we had a <laughs> lot of fun uh, making that sticker. Robin uh, is our special events director and special. Uh, we we'll get a close up of this on the board. Um, we'll she that. and Martha worked uh, extensively on that, so there's some pink talking fish branding. That's what the open open mouths are, uh, as well as some branding of our own. And that you've got the later hose, or um, you've
0: got like the Oktoberfest branding. So that's, I mean, I guess the you second can, way. You can
1: right? explain yeah. why you're dressed like you're dressed yeah. today. Right. right. Yeah. So <laughs> this you is just, see, a Friday, just a normal uh, Friday, folks. Thanks for having me. <laughs> we'll see you later.
2: Um, <laughs> so tomorrow is Wibtoberfest. Right. It is our Two-year anniversary extravaganza. Um, so basically, it's an Oktoberfest-themed party. Um, it's going to be a whole lot of fun. It's a free show, so it's a way for us to say thank you to the community for embracing us in the way that they have and um, allowing us to continue to pursue our uh, our dream of being a regional and ultimately a national brewery. Um, because without a foundation in the community, there is none of that that's possible. So national is a goal? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, the goal was always regional by... Uh, by year five and national by year seven or by year 12. So regional includes like Colorado Springs and Fort Collins all of Colorado Regional of is ideas. defined by output. So oh. it's 15,000 barrels. Gotcha. So we were targeting a thousand barrels produced and sold in our first year uh, We did 1600. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're targeting 2500 adjusted from the 1900 that we originally had in our prospectus um, after our first year uh, and we're well ahead of pace for year two. So it's, it's great. Gotcha. Um, calendar year, fiscal 20, 2017 anyway. Um, tomorrow's going to be a, a lot of fun. So we've got four different bands playing. Uh, and the, the, the whole aim is to be able to do this and always make it free to continue to say thank you. Um, but to do the, the things that we want to do, I mean, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a big party. You know? So we're really hoping that people do come out and, and have some fun and enjoy the free show um Pig, Talk and fish as i mentioned is the headliner uh, but we've got three other bands one of which is polka okay uh, so polka is going to lead things off <laughs> obviously uh, they're going to play between every band some papa you know we're going to do a yodeling contest we have a mustache contest <laughs> this is not normal i was going to say uh is this training if you think this... it looks normal god bless you yeah right uh <laughs> uh i i uh i laugh when i look in the mirror yes uh, but we're, we're, we're doing a lot of German Oktoberfest themed things, Stein holding yeah. competition. We've there got four go. different food vendors. Nice. Um,
0: so, if you had any advice, you know there might be someone. If you and if anyone has any questions out there, and i the on the line. <laughs> um, if you had a question for Ted about running or starting a brewery or about anything we've talked about so far, we've mostly been talking about beer. Um, cheers. Um, if you had to give any advice to someone who wanted to, was where you were five years ago, right? What what, what would you sort of present to them as like things to keep in mind if you wanted to start your own brewery? Um,
2: If you are a talented brewer uh, go for it. If you think that there's money in beer, so you want to learn how to brew and sell it, don't. Okay. Um, (laughs) Because there are a lot of people who enter this industry with that in mind and It's, uh, it's, it's not that, right? you know, it's a lot of work and if you don't have the passion for it, those long weeks are not going to feel right at the end of them because the next long week just starts six hours later. Right. So you can get wet, you're going to get hot, the tanks, you're washing tanks, you're climbing around. Well, I I mean, I have the best job in the world because Ryan and the production team do all of the serious hard labor. Right. but that's true. I mean, you better like cleaning too right. if you're gonna start right. brewing. <laughs> right. But outside of the brewing world, you know, if you, if you have something that you wanna go for, I'd say do it. Just commit to yourself that it's going to take a work week, every work week, longer than you could ever anticipate. And you don't know what a 95 hour work week feels like until you've done three of them in a row. Right. It's just the truth of the matter. Right. Um, and if you wake up smiling and go to bed smiling, then you're fine, then none of that matters. Uh, but make sure that you do, you do acknowledge that before you, you dive right in. Hey Mitch, you want to take this last question?
1: I mean, finally, just to wrap it up then, like, if you could sum up Wibby in one sentence, what would
2: it be? Blogger love. That
1: like, works.
0: Two words. Two words. <laughs> two words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: Period. Yeah. Because um, uh, it's all encompassing. It right. encompasses the passion. It encompasses our point of differentiation. And it encompasses the community. Um, yeah, you've got your sticker giant sticker ball shirt on. <laughs> you know? <laughs> From the
0: other year. Um, so, man, that's a lot. We just talked about we talked about running a small business, how you do that, um, making beer, different kinds of beer. Specifically, we're talking lagers. Um, what else did we talk about, just so that we all know what we're talking about? Your show and your party, of course. One, one yes, thing definitely. we didn't
2: talk about uh, is our team over at Wibby. There you go. You guys know a lot about a growing business and... Um, Needing the right people to come on board, we are blessed. We have such an incredibly talented group of people that are so excited to contribute in different ways, um, and we're learning new ways that everybody can and wants to contribute daily. It's just a, it's a pretty special thing. So without, you know, the 19 people that that do come to work smiling, it would be every day wouldn't be possible. So it's it's a, it's something that I remind myself of when when it's a longer or a difficult day. Most of them are great days. Sometimes when you have a challenging one, thinking about the people that are coming to work every day and the fact that they're doing it and they're happy to do it is what makes me turn, turn a smile on my face. So we're hoping that
0: those of you who are all around the country will have a chance to pick up a can of Wibby in the next few years, hopefully, on a shelf near you. Um, if you are in the region, definitely come on up to Longmont. Um, we have a really cool thing called um, the Brew Trolley, which will take you to Whibby and all the other places in the area, um, which is kind of nice. They drive you around. That's kind of a cool little thing we got here. And it's very walkable to, to downtown Longmont, and everyone can you can just sample the many things that are, that are happening here. Um, any other parting words for our friends out there in podcast land?
2: Um <laughs> Well, we we talked about marketing, we went straight to grassroots, but we do some of the other things that are more along what you would think of immediately when you think of marketing. You know, we do everything on social as frequently as we can. Uh, We've got targeted audiences that we market to on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Uh, We do some print advertising. Uh, So we do supplement our grassroots efforts with with some of the things that you need to do, because... To, to get your message out to, to people that have never heard you need to try different avenues as well So that does remind me the
0: Great American Beer Fest is coming up You are obviously going to be a part of that too, right? So yeah. if you do many thousands of people travel to Denver and Colorado for that event um,
2: And you will find the beer on tap of course at the show, yep. right? Hey, what did you enter for this year? Uh, into competition we enter a light shine house which is what we're enjoying It's our flagship lager, uh, very traditional German style um, we entered our Mundor Dunkel, which is a dark lager that we brew with baker's chocolate. That's one of the beers. So our, our beer concept, we start with the traditions of German style lager brewing and then put the American craft twist on it through creative ingredients. And um, That is an example of one that doesn't adhere to the Heinz Kabut, the German purity law, uh, because we add chocolate to it. Mm. Um, so that'd we be do. a no-no, but it's a yes-yes when it
0: comes right. to our yeah. customers, your customers. Exactly. Uh, so those <laughs> people, both, people love that beer,
2: for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Um, those are both year-round beers. And our third year-round beer is our Wibby IPL. It's right. an IPA-style lager. Okay. Uh, it's made with five different American hops and all German malt. Um, so we entered that one as well. And then our Double Dunkle. Um, you can enter four beers into competition. Uh, the Double Dunkel is similar to the Moondor, but we use twice as much chocolate malt. Um, so it's 7.5% instead of 55 and then we logger it on Madagascar Vanilla Beans for three weeks. Oh, wow. Um, so that's a, a fan favorite for sure. We get some hate mails when it comes offline because it's a seasonal. So uh, We also entered a Doppelbach into the Pro-Lam competition. Uh, so our brewing team went to a local home brewers competition uh, and met some of the brewers and connected with one and invited them to, to brew with... Uh, so over oh, at pro and amateur, obviously. Sorry. Yep. Yeah, it's my bad. No, nope, I probably <laughs> should have spelled that out more. Uh, but we did a Doppelbach and it's really, really delicious. So, so that's so those will be
0: on tap at Gabf for all those craft beer aficionados out there. Um, and if you're going to be in, in the Denver area, come on up and see the world's largest sticker ball, and of course come see Saul. Come see Saul here, but head down to Wibby, It's actually kind of on the way to the main highway. Um, yeah.
2: So we actually we don't deliver or sell down in Denver yet. We're going to be opening that market in the spring. Just at the t- I mean on tap at the show. Right. Yeah. But in conjunction with GABF, since we'll be down there all week, um, talking to people about our beer. We have partnered with six different uh, bars and restaurants and eight different liquor stores for a one-time drop
0: nice. the week
2: prior so that we can have uh, So there's to some marketing you. there, right? That's like right. sort of guerrilla style, like get out in front of the customer even ahead of uh, Right. Ahead. So when they say, where can we find you? We don't have to say you can't in Denver. Yeah. We can say you can find us here. It'll be gone in a week, but we'll be back in the spring full well, time. scarcity then is almost like a marketing right. tactic too, right? Yeah. <laughs> and in many ways, beer, especially seasonal and
0: your like, one-offs that you have at the tap, that's all about scarcity. I mean, when it leaves, you're not of luck for that yeah. time period, right?
2: So that's what some of the beers that are being released tomorrow are. We saved one keg of a lot of the beers we made over the last four months. So some special beers. Um, for the
0: Wibtoberfest that's happening here in Longmont at Wibby Brewing, um, there will be free music. There will be lots of activities. There will be this man dressed this way, right? Um, Pouring beers for all the people Um, and the whole team there will be brewing. We want to obviously we've enjoyed our partnership. We'll keep keep it going. We'll keep, you know, the love for Saul there for sure. We'll let you go. You probably got to go sell some beer, I bet. <laughs> That's probably the next order of business for you. We got a few things. If you want to hang out and talk, we're going to answer some listener questions that have been sent in, or you can leave the chair. I mean, it's nice to have you here, Ted. We're not kicking you out.
2: Thanks, bud. Okay, yeah, cool. no, uh, I'll sit over here. If you got anything
0: for me, just call me on back. We'll holler and back. If, if, if someone hollers in, we'll, we'll get you back on the horn, but we don't want to take up your time. Thanks so much. Thank Thanks, Amish. Appreciate you guys. Yes, sir. I really that, do. Absolutely. So that is our our special guest. Um, also our other special guest, Saul, um, is is still here and he's hanging out doing his thing, doing his Saul the sticker ball thing. We had some questions that were sent in. We have a form on our site. So thank you to everybody who got in touch with us after the last show. Um, and submitting their sticker stories. We're currently working through those. We've been reaching out to you We've, and we're trying to get new guests in. We'll dial you in if you want to fly to Longmont, come on over. Um, but in general, if you want to do that, you could go to our stickergiant.com podcast page, right? And there's a form on there that you can submit. But Hamish, I'm going to throw this to you now um, for the listener questions.
1: Yeah, I mean, just to reiterate what Andrew said, we want to say thanks to everybody that submitted to tell their sticker story and possibly come on the show. You know, due to lots of submissions, we can't always get to everybody, but we want to try and answer some of those questions that came up, um, you know, to make sure that we're kind of giving the people what they want. And uh, the first one we had was, uh, this was from Peter, uh, at Peter DeHart at MakeMade.com. And he wanted to know how we balance time and profit when we get artwork that isn't ready to print.
0: That's a really good question because... Um you know, our, one of our core values here is fast at Sticker Giant. That's really important. But then the next one is quality. So we have a three-person art team that touches every single piece of artwork that's submitted. These three people back there. Touch almost 2,000 pieces of art during a time period of a week, and they make sure that uh, if someone has a cold request or they're checking it out or they, you know, if they send a cool sticker like the Wibby Brewing sticker and it's not ready to go, what they're going to do is they're going to they're either going to ask them to resubmit and turn that around, or they'll say, hey, we have to touch this up, and this is what we'll do to do that for you. So I would say that we don't sacrifice quality for speed, but speed. In our business right now, our turnaround is really important to us because a lot of times people have a big event like the Wibtoberfest or they're going to the fish show and they want to get their fan art stickers out to their people or they're doing, you know, the STL sticker swap and they're trying to break a world record. Right. Got to get those stickers to them as fast as possible. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll hit the next one from Peter so you can answer it. Um, He says, thank you, Peter, by the way. This is great. I don't know if you're out there listening, but thank you. Um, What is it like working with a wide variety of clientele? We talked about breweries all day today, but in general, we have thousands
1: Yeah, I mean, that was the the real take from this is, like, we just work with thousands of different industries, like breweries are a big one, but, like, I mean... I mean, where do you even start? We do breweries, we do… Bakeries, labeling, you know, promotional stickers, schools, it's back to school time. Yeah, ice cream shops, universities, uh, professional sports teams, it's kind of crazy, but um, I actually put this to Maddie, one of our customer service reps, because she's the person on the front line actually, you know, talking to customers and, you know, making sure their orders are right. And I think one of her take-homes was, um, it's awesome how versatile our stickers are. You know, she has to ask as many different questions as possible to make sure that our customers understand the products. Right. Um, you know, we see these stickers every single day, we know exactly what they do, but actually if you're you know, starting a new business and you don't know whether you want a sticker or you want a label, it might need to be heat proof. Um, you know, we get all kinds of crazy requests like that. So, you know, working with a wide variety of clientele, I think the key is you know, ask those questions to the, the customers and figure out what is the best solution for them. And, uh, I mean, on the flip side of that, I mean, that's probably one of the challenges, but one of the, the cool things that she said was, you know, some of her favorite Etsy brands she's discovered from working here, right. um, and you know, that's kind of super cool that we get to find new brands that we wouldn't necessarily have heard about unless we kind of saw their stickers. We love
0: those sticker stories, right? I mean, that's what this whole podcast is about. Um, so thank you, Peter, for those questions, um, and we like to, like, like Ted was saying with Wibi, we, we like to help those businesses launch. I and mean, this is cool as well just to tie in what Ted was saying about social media
1: we've, uh, we've got another Pete Pete at uh, Panini Pete has asked uh, how has social
0: media changed our business well you know Sticker Giant was based on John Fisher the founder and his blog and talking about stickers and really telling a lot of stories from the very beginning and blogs as like a focus of the, the strategy to start right but now there's so many more platforms there's so many more live options we're live on Facebook right now right and with Facebook being what it is Organic traffic is going down, and that's almost like 2% of our reach. So Pete, at Panini Pete's, uh, you're probably aware of the paid strategy for Facebook reaching them um, effectively. And there's two sides to this, right? So there's organic and there's paid traffic. And I'm working on our content, doing storytelling, social media, getting stuff on LinkedIn, Twitter, Pinterest, Google+, Google My Business, Instagram, Snapchat, every single day, Medium. We use every platform that's available to us, and we're always taking pictures throughout the shop all day long. Um, and we boost those a little bit with a little bit of spend here behind that. Um, and then there's you, Hamish.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the key thing, um, you know, boosting posts and stuff and helping get that content out there, you know, it's a pay-to-play environment now, especially on Facebook. You know, if you want to reach your customers, even if it is just a blog post you want to share, you know, you've got to put a little bit of money behind that. But I think the other side of that is the kind of paid advertising and making sure that you have... Uh, an effective call to action, you know, something that you want your customers to do when they see your adverts. So we do a whole bunch of videos, you know, we've got Chase in the back here, who does some awesome video content for us, and that's really geared at, you know, getting people to engage on Facebook, get onto our website and, you know, check out our stickers. So having that content side of things, but then having sort of a more advertising focused, you know, get a good call to action and, you know, get somebody to kind of
0: make a purchase or get a quote from us. And Pete, so as you're saying, social media, you know, we're paying on those social platforms. Of course, we're using Google um, AdWords and and Bing and Yahoo and all those other sort of the natural advertising platforms. But specific to your question, it's right. The tips are tell stories, real people and engage with them. Right. That is, of course, going to be the most important thing you can do. Um, And don't go chasing Pick one number, right, and and you can then go from there. So that is most of the questions we've got um, for, for this round, and we'll get some more next time, right? So uh, we've got the form up on our page. It's stickergiant.com slash podcast, and we'd love to hear from you. Please. Holler at us. We, you know, we'll get in touch. Um, and if you're nearby, come on by. See all the sticker ball. Head over to that party this weekend. You can find the podcast on all the places. After the fact, right? We're on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Radio Public. So your podcatcher app. If you want to listen back to this, or if you're just coming to us now, we're on all those platforms, of course. Thank you so much for your time today. We had a good time with Tad um, and uh, Hamish. Thank you for bringing that top of mind to us with the Guinness. That was pretty rad. We're pretty psyched about that, so you'll see that out in the world. Um, any last thoughts for us this week, man? I mean, I think we just got to say a big thank
1: you, Ted, for coming on the show and talking about Whibby Brewing. Um, obviously, you know, Saul ever-present in the front of the shop making a guest appearance, now a Guinness World Record holder. And uh, obviously, yeah, thanks to everybody that submitted questions and also sent in their sticker stories. Keep them coming, and you know you could be sitting where Ted was sat today telling your story to our audience.
0: As we like to say here, every sticker has a story. We'll be seeing you next month. Thank you so much, everybody.
2: (laughs) Dere 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 dere